Welcome to the Purpose Podcast. Brought to you by Pink Box Purpose. I'm Heather. I'm Jenny. I'm Michelle. And I'm Bethany. Thanks for joining us. While the four of us were studying the Bible together, we realized that many women have the same questions that we do. Join us on this journey through the Bible. We promise lots of laughs along the way. Hey everybody, we are in week four and we are entitling this week, Please Pass the Salt. We are going to be looking at Genesis chapters 16 through 21. So if you haven't read yet, just put us on pause and read up and then catch up with us. All right, this week we're doing chapter 16 or starting with 16 with Hagar and Ishmael. And we're talking about how when Sarai was not able to conceive on her own, she took matters into her own hands instead of trusting God's plan. And Abraham has relations with Hagar, who is Sarai's maidservant. Okay. A slave. Okay. What I notice in this one is basically anytime Abram is under pressure, he just does. Goes with the flow. Yeah. Whatever. (laughs) Like, he's He's a pushover. He is. He succumbs to peer pressure really bad. And then because of the sin and not trusting God, she gets pregnant with Ishmael and has a son. Once Sarah found out that Hagar was pregnant and about to conceive a child, she did end up getting jealous and started mistreating Hagar. But what is kind of, I would say, silly about this, I think a lot of people tend to do this, including myself, is we like to point the, the finger at other people. So when she gets upset, instead of you know thinking about her choice, she goes to Abram and points the finger at him and directly says, you are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. When Abram really had no choice in doing that, he just agreed to what she had asked. I think we just need to think about sometimes when we do decide to make our own choices that we don't point the finger at somebody else. Abraham's in like a lose-lose situation all (laughs) the time with his wife. It's funny because Abram's like, hey, this isn't my problem. And he's like, the slave is in your hands. Do with her whatever you think is best. They start mistreating Hagar, so she takes off, but is encountered by an angel. And they're like, hey, what's what's going on? And and she's told to go back to her mistress and submit to her. He g- gives her a little description. You know, you're going to name your son Ishmael. What I always think is funny is it says in, in verse 12, he will be a wild donkey of a man. <laughs> I know. Like, what kind of kid is that? <laughs> like, I might have one. <laughs> <laughs> Just what a wild like, donkey. But, but then he'll oh, live in hostility nice. toward all of his yeah. brothers. So this kid is going to be just a handful. One thing that you pointed out, though, is that Hagar runs away. Mm-hmm. And how many times do we just run away from our okay. problems? Yeah. And that's what she does. She decides to oh, run come away. come on. Nobody does. <laughs> and, and I wonder if that's why God said to go back and to submit to her. Mainly because he's saying, just go back and deal with this problem. And I think God, as we see, continues to bless Ishmael and his line as well. Mm-hmm. And still Hagar. So he still takes care of them. I One of the things that Hagar says after she's encountered is, you know, we sometimes talk about how God is the one who sees us and knows us best. And after she has that encounter, my favorite line she says is, I have now seen the one who sees me. And I thought that was a really good mm-hmm. reminder that sometimes when we do run or we want to take things in our own hands that, you know, there is, God does see what we're doing and is there for us. On to 17, there was a covenant going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the covenant. <laughs> Okay, so God the covenant first... of circumcision. We'll yeah. just throw that out. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. God, wait, wait, 
wait, let's point out here. At this point, Abram is 99 years old. Yep. 99 years old. The Lord came to him and wanted him to circumcise himself and every boy man in, household. in his household. Well, and this would be a sign to show that they were followers of God. And that's how it would separate the followers from God from the non-followers. But can you imagine oh, man. going oh. over to Abraham's house and him being like, all right, guys, oh, we're having a party. <laughs> and, then, oh. and then they bust out their knives and just start cutting. Man. And this is something that's it's never been really done before. It's not even like topical analgesics to put on that <gasps> stuff back then. Just not what it's called. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> that's not a word. Okay, oh. nurse. What kind of stuff do well, they need? Topical, they need a topical antibiotic cream. Yeah, it's not like it's that. Anest it's anesthetic. It's anesthetic. <laughs> so to get back on track, <laughs> he has this party where he invites all the people over. And about that time, right after that, and he makes the covenant, part of his covenant is to remind Abram that he, him and his wife will conceive a child that will be all the great nations. Yes. So Abra, Abram is now Abraham and Sarai is now Sarah. Yes. What I found interesting in this portion of the covenant is when they did the circumcision party, Ishmael was 13 years old. So if you think about that and when they first wanted a child, it had already passed, they had to wait 13 years after that whole thing with Hagar and she was already getting impatient. They had to wait another 13 years for her to become pregnant. All right, moving on to chapter 18. In this chapter, the Lord appears to Abraham with two other men and he prepares this feast. And I was reading in my application Bible that in those days, your reputation rested on how hospitable you were mm. towards foreigners or guests. And I really like that part mm. as people were passing through. That's why he decides to present them with all of this food and let them stay and take care of them because that's what represented your reputation and your wealth. Oh man, well you took I care would of be the worst. You would have a bad reputation. I would have a bad reputation. <laughs> You're not very hospitable. I just don't have people over. Yeah. No. She's <laughs> not like, I even have crackers sometimes. <laughs> like, good goldfish. luck. <laughs> I do have goldfish. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, in this chapter, God singles out Abraham so his family would keep the way of the Lord. And he talks about this other town and why they're visiting. Does anybody want to address this town of what Sodom is this and Gomorrah? What is town called? Sodom, Sodom and Gomorrah. Gomorrah. Mm -hmm. And there was some very corrupt things happening here. And the Lord talks about his plan to destroy this town because of the corruption that's happened in the city. And so we talked about this, I believe in the last podcast, how when they started moving, um, they kind of picked up and moved everything to the land that God was going to give them. Abraham and Lot got to a place where they had to decide which one was going which way. And Lot chose, Abram gave him the choice, Lot chose this part of the land because at, at this time it had more wealth in it. Lot chose this land and it ended up becoming corrupt and a lot of people sinning, not following God. And Abraham knows that and recognizes that Lot lives in this land and he does this whole questioning thing with the Lord then. Which I find to be incredibly funny and interesting. Like he pleads with him like, if there's 50, spare the town. Okay, God, how about 45? How about 30? How about 25? Okay, how about 10? 
10. And God's like, fine, dude, I'll spare the town if there's 10, which it just ends up being Lot's wife and his two daughters and Lot. So well, in my, four. In yeah, my application four. Bible I was reading too, God already knew that he wouldn't find 10 people. So oh, that's so why he, he allows he allows Abraham to do this questioning because God allows us to continue to question and he still gives us mercy. Like, what if we just do it this way and God still loves us? He doesn't destroy us for questioning, but yet he already knows the answer. So he already knew that he was going to destroy the town because he knew there was only the four people. And then? And then. And then 19 happens. And chapter 19 <laughs> comes along. So that night, the two angels go to Sodom and Gomorrah. And Lot is there and he stands to meet them. And again, Lot would know during this time that his reputation lies on being hospitable. So he invites them into his home and prepares a feast for them. And then? Well, he originally invited them and they're like, no, we're going to spend the night in the square and Lot, knowing what, what goes, goes on, on in the ton, town, he's like, he's insisting, no, you need to stay with me. I want to prepare a meal for you. So they agreed and they came to his house and before they went to bed, it says all the men from every part of the city of Sodom, young and old, surrounded the house. And they called to Lot... Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out. Basically, they want to have relations with these men. And this is part of the stuff that's going on. And who knows what else is going on in this town. We'll just leave it at that, that God recognizes there's corruption going on. But what happens is Lot offers his two daughters. His two virgin daughters. To all of the men, which was really upsetting to me. <sighs> You know, he's like, oh, don't take them. Take my two daughters. And that brought up our discussion question. Talking about Lot and how he chose this land, he's obviously rich. So he's kind of just going along with the culture of but what's also, going like, on in this city. He really wanted to protect the guys that were in this house. So he was just like, take anybody, take anybody but them. And also women, wives and daughters were viewed as property in this culture too. They're not viewed as we view our daughters today. So once the men were not gonna stop at anything to get through that door, Lot tried to offer other things and they decided that they were gonna get through regardless. So at this point, God decides that he's gonna help out. He struck them all with blindness so that they could not see or find the door. And that was kind of his way to you know, put his hand on it and say, I'm here to help. And then next comes God saying, you need to get out of here because he's going to destroy the whole city. And Lot actually hesitates too. Though he knows that the city is going to be destroyed, he doesn't want to leave his cush life and his riches behind. Right. Yeah. Hard to leave what you're familiar with. So uh, they so leave the city. Grabs the hand of his wife and his daughters. And as they're walking out, God tells them, Do not turn back or look back or you will be swept away. And speaking of the title, Salt. <laughs> what happens next? Lot's wife looks back and she turns into a pillar of salt. Please pass the salt. <laughs> so Do you even weird. stop to turn around and look that no. your mom's a pillar of no. salt? Like, kind of want to look at her. Do you try to, like, bring this salt pillar with you? How know. big is a pillar of salt? Like a pillar in front of a house or a salt shaker size pillar? Right. Because, I mean, I feel like you could pick her up and she, take her yeah. with. She would have blew away, though. Yeah. It uh, swept yeah, away. That's right. Swept away. So she swept away. 
just pure. And, and again, when I was reading about this, she was still clinging on to her past and sinful life. Mm. And Oh, man, I feel like God's coming to get the salt on me so, now. <laughs> so the question is, are you looking back longingly at sin while trying to move forward with God? Oh. I don't think he's turning us into salt. Why are you all salt. looking at me? We're not. <laughs> We're the only one making up. God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's... <laughs> I'm still Googling pillar of salt. (laughs) (laughs) But I think we all do that. Not to just look at Heather, but I think we all look back on our own sinful past, our own things. And sometimes that sin is comfortable and you just go back to what you know. And so that's what she does. She goes back to what she knows, which is her cush life, all of her riches, all of her pretty stuff that she's leaving behind. And they don't know where they're going. Yeah, she gets turned into salt. Let's talk about them going to this little town and then going on to live in the mountains. Okay. Because they left Zoar. Yeah, it gets spicy here. Okay, so we're going to talk about how Lot and his daughters left Zoar and settled into the mountains because they were afraid to stay in Zoar. So they lived in a cave. The girls were sad that nobody was around to give them children and bear children with. Except for their, their father, dad. dad. So they decided to get him drunk on wine, and the oldest daughter went in and slept with her dad. Then told the younger daughter she did it, which was her sister, and then said, tomorrow let's do the same thing for you. Both got <sighs> pregnant. And what I found interesting about this, were they somehow corrupted by the culture in Sodom and Gomorrah that was going on, that they didn't really recognize that incest was not the best way to go. They, I think at this point, they didn't even think about the lust side of it. They were just desperate to feed their family line and keep it going and have children. And with no one else available to do that, it was more of a desperation than want to do something wrong or sinful. What makes me wonder, though, is why didn't they go back to Abraham's land then and found one of his servants or some of his But people. when you're like fleeing and you're like trying to survive life, you don't really rationalize your thoughtful <laughs> decisions. You just try to get through it. Yeah, because we're more likely to sin when we're desperate for what we think we need to have. You always come with the deep no, stuff. Really I just really look at what I'm reading. Yeah. Application Bible. That's <laughs> where it's at. <laughs> so one thing with the Bible that... I struggle with, and I know someday that I'll I'll get my questions answered, but there's sometimes the story is just cut off, and I want to know, okay, well, what happened next? After that, like, yeah. when they're both pregnant, and Lot's like, well, who's the father? I mean, do they have, like, a family powwow? Like, hey, Dad, let's bring you into the cave living room here and sit <laughs> on these nice rocks. We're pregnant with your babies. When did this happen? Remember <laughs> that yeah, time when we got up. you drunk? Well, we took advantage of you, Dad. That's super weird like, conversation. How did that conversation go? Yeah. But it, so it, like it, it had says, to have happened. Well, yeah. I mean, so it's, it's so they both had, had children, both had sons, and it just says, you know, the so they're, here. they're Moba, there's Moab, Moab, and they become oh, yeah, the, the Moabite tribe. Mm-hmm. And then there's Ben and me, which they become the Ammonites. Ammonites. Ammonite yes. tribe. So they do go on to create these huge Ben-Ami means son of my father's people. Oh, that's way to go, girl. Oh, go. And deep. Moab sounds like the Hebrew from, for from father. So they named oh. him. Oh, really? 
Just really tell it like it is. Yeah. <laughs> this one came from my dad. We are moving on to chapter 21, which is the birth of Isaac. So Sarah becomes pregnant and gives Abraham a son. Um, Abraham is, I think, 100 at the time. They name him Isaac. They talk about when he was eight days old, he was circumcised. A new covenant. 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 Yes, thank you. I couldn't think of the word. Um, so he is circumcised. Now you have issues again with Hagar and Ishmael. And Sarah sees that Ishmael is mocking Isaac. Isaac. And so they send him away. Are forced to wander in the desert. If you go down a little bit here, she had a water skin full of water for them. They run out of water. She puts him down under one of the bushes and he's crying because he's thirsty. And she's like, I just, I can't watch him die. So she's gonna kind of walk away and she's crying and God hears her and hears Mel crying. And he's like, hey, what's the matter? You know, don't be afraid. Lift the boy up and take him by the hand, for I will make him into a great nation. And so he's fulfilling his promise that he originally told her when she was pregnant with him, when she had fled from Sarah. Like, that's super sad as a mom. Yeah. I'm like, just trying to put myself in her shoes. It's just a sad spot to be in. Your kid's, like, thirsty and dying and... In here, he's 13. Mm-hmm. That's my son. So that's your... Yeah. And to not have anything for him... But think about, now I'm just thinking about like Hondurans and thinking about other people though. I mean, that's a real thing that happens today in the world. Mm -hmm. So God takes care of them. And then we see that Ishmael actually grows up and becomes a leader of the Ishmaelites. He has many descendants too, just as God had promised. So that's all we have for this week. Join us next week for, wow, your baby is hairy, where we will cover Genesis chapter 22 through 28. Pink Fox Purpose signing off. Be careful who you trust. Salt and sugar look the same. Pursue your purpose.